Medeja, it's so good to have you here with us today. I know you've been to my church um, once, I think, before, and today you get to come as a person who is to share her story. And before we begin, I just want to acknowledge that we are sitting in a critical moment in history right now. Um, there is no football games going on or sports in the radio, but this is a time when, with the news, all of our attention is on what's happening all around the country, right? Mm -hmm. And so as we kind of talk, as we kind of talk in our conversation today, and we are just recognizing that we are in this, what we call in Christians use as this Kairos moment, this, this time where God can do some beautiful and wonderful things if we're willing to truly lean into what God is doing here. And I just wanna point out that we as a church in this season, we want to acknowledge the grief that so many people are experiencing, especially our black brothers and sisters. And we want to really center the black voice. And today, um, I wanted to invite you, because we've been friends for a long time now, mm -hmm. and I wanted to invite you to be a part of sharing your story and your voice. And don't worry, you don't have to be the voice for all black people, because we know that the black experience too is super diverse, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there are so many experience, experiences, but I wanted to invite you because um, our friendship has been transformative to me. I started my time in Chicago here in Englewood, and you have been a transformative part of my experience. And as I've gotten to know you, I, the thing I always say to other people, you just got to know my friend Madeja. She has so many beautiful things to say. So that being said, um, I want to jump into the first question and just really tell us a little about who you are. Yeah. Um, so I'm Madeja. Um, I grew up and live on the south side of Chicago my whole life in Inglewood. Um, I am 22 and a college student at Taylor University, um, which I am a rising senior, so I'm a senior, about to be a senior in college. Um, yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I met you, right, like I said already, 10 years ago yeah. um, when I moved to Chicago for the first time because um, I was doing a program called Mission Year. Yeah. And I started my time in Chicago in Inglewood, right? Right where you were living. Um, I had quit uh, my job to say, I want to learn among um, my urban neighbors. And you happen to be one of those <laughs> urban neighbors. And, um, but that was, a, it was an interesting time because I was doing, in some ways I was doing justice on the outside. Mm -hmm. I was doing good in the neighborhood and I was, I had been a teacher in the urban setting before, doing a lot of beautiful things, but I was doing justice on the outside. Yeah. And I think God made me realize through living in Englewood and doing other things and learning and reading books that I had a lot of justice to do on the inside too. Yeah. Um, and that's a vulnerable feeling. Mm -hmm. Right to be in the place where you're like, I thought I knew all this stuff. I thought my faith was more mature in ways, and I think there are things that I need to learn. So, I'm curious about how you experience me. Share a little bit about our friendship and maybe your first impression of me because yeah, that was when you were in fifth grade, right? <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, um, I of course met you um and by the hand you came to by the hand club for kids of course and when you came um you came as a volunteer um and it was my first year actually as a student too um so basically new for both of us um and 
as I continue like to come to programming every day. Um, you was someone who I met up, I mean, well, talked to, like, it seemed like a check-in or just a high. It went from like highs to like, sort of like a check-in, sort of, at the same time. Yeah, um, just um, continue to talk to you, like all the time. It's like starting to build like this trust, you know, um, but yeah, just, that's how I first met you. And now um, it's like, we continue to stay in contact. Um, and like during the times when I did first meet you, um, we had this journal, you know, writing back and forth. I think that was like my favorite thing, but also like you um, picking like me and my sister up, like you and your other other the other ladies you stay with. Um, and we just like spent time with you guys, like some intentional like time outside of programming. Um, and you know, it was, it was different because you were like the first different race that I like met and then became close with. Um, not only like just your, I didn't like really think about it until like I went to school and until like later on and people like like oh she Asian you know so like that stood out um and then you guys like living in our neighborhood and just um it was different because you know growing up in our neighborhoods you assume like people like white whiter than you especially like they have money you know and they just have like bigger things and more but it's like you was living in a house like next to, next to mine, sort of. So like similar, you know? Um, so those things like stood out. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you um, pointing out, or a lot of kids pointing out that I was Asian, that being <laughs> yeah. a big part of that experience, right? Yeah. I was our first Asian person that you knew and became friends with. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was its own experience, right? Um, Medeja, we're living in a critical time, like we said, and mm -hmm. scripture uses this word called kairos, a kairos time. It's a critical time where um, God is doing something, or if we pay attention, God is doing something really big. And injustice for black people is not new, right? <laughs> that's, what's, that's not what's new. But what's new right now, and I just heard a justice leader share recently, and he's been in the justice work for decades, but he says what's new is that all of a sudden there has been more participation from non-black, especially white people in this movement than ever before. And that's really significant. Mm -hmm. And so before we talk about justice, right, when that's really important, we know that God cares about justice and we wanna do right by God, we wanna do right by other people. But before we talk about justice, it's so important for us in the movement of justice mm -hmm. to talk about injustice. Yeah to settle there and to talk about what is broken. Mm -hmm. Because if we try to rush into making things right, we don't even know what's truly broken. It's yeah. hard to be on the right movement, mm -hmm. right? So, Medeja, can you share a little bit about your experience with injustice in the various spheres of influence? Because I know you lived on the South Side, right? It was a predominantly 
black neighborhood. Yeah. You've been in schools in the South Side. You've been in now a, a, a school, a, co a college yeah. that's mostly not black, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly white. Yeah. Um, so you've been in different places and I'm wondering how you've experienced injustice yeah. in all those different types of places. Um, the first thing I would talk about is um, just like home life, um, which is like, fine but like when you see like things like that's injustice like for instance I know the big talk like how they started it's like pol police because mm -hmm. um, the black community do have like this hard trust like with police and it's like reasons of why they have it you know you experience like all these bad things instead of like having that safety that everyone have um, and personally like invasions like I know that I've seen that while I was younger in my own home. Cause it's like, when a police like invading your house, it's like, they not just like bum rushing in, but they like destroying things. And it's not like they destroying it and saying like, oh, um, we're sorry, we were just looking for this and we'll like pay for it or we'll return it. It's just like, oh, we didn't find what we was looking for. So we'll leave. Um, and that's, that's heavy. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. I think I first like saw that when I was at least eight years old. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, that story like still stand out like today. Um, so that's like home. And then it's like school, like how broken, I'm, like I'm sure people know just how broken the school system is, but just being a student like in the schools and having to sit there and learn like history that's like not even like, like our history. Um, it's just like, it's like so broken and it's like kids just get so used to it. And that's what the good thing about this time is because it's like everyone is speaking up about like the different things that's like, and oh, sorry, the different things that like um, shows like the injustice, like the schools and the food deserts and like everything the black community is struggling with. So the Kairos, I see like, I understand like the definition of it because it's like everything is broken and it's like all coming to light basically. Um, yeah, the schools is just like, like we get in old textbooks and um, just like the class is like not as clean as you would expect it and see like how I seen like in a noble school, which is a high school I went to, you can see the big difference like in an environment for a kid to learn. Mm -hmm. So that's another way. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about that. Yeah. I know I don't want you to relive your trauma of all those things, but I, as a friend, I remember you saying to me, over text or calling and saying, I can't sleep tonight. Yeah. And I'm wondering, part of, I mean, you said, how many times have you been broken into for as a police At situation? least like three times. Three times. And there yeah. is nothing that you all, there's no warrant, there's no reason for that for yeah. you. Um, and so I just remember you saying a couple of times in our friendship mm -hmm. that I can't fall asleep, I'm scared. Um, yeah. And those things are deep, yeah. right? The impact is so deep. Yeah. Especially like today, um, it's it's like a lot like how like it's just um, it, it it gets deeper like even now because it's like for instance like the loitering that happened um, like it did happen but it's like if 
if you seen down my Facebook, you will see like many of my friends were saying like, oh y'all look what we did. And now like we're scared, you know, um, because it's like the National Guard came in and stuff like that. So people didn't know like what to expect. So it's like you build in this fear, like after things like that happen, cause it's like now you just know like the police are really gonna come. Mm -hmm. um, so like when it all started, to be honest, like this whole past week, it's been really hard to sleep. Like <laughs> I would fall asleep probably like at 12 or one in the morning. And I'll actually like wake up like at five or six in the morning. Cause it's like, you don't know <laughs> what's next, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then it's like you hearing, it's like you hearing like these things that sound like, I don't know, like shots um, at night, like past curfew or whatever. And to be honest, I didn't, yeah, I like count them. <laughs> like I have this um, thing where I just like count them, I don't know. And it's like, you can hear like at least over 10 of them. So it makes you like pretty nervous to like fall asleep and things like that. And when I fall asleep, it's like I wake up like so quick, like, oh my gosh, don't, don't fall asleep too long. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's a painful reality. We just celebrated Brianna Taylor's birthday this yeah. week, right? Yeah. And part of her death was the result of a, an invasion, an incorrect invasion, like, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so just acknowledging, I never, and I'll, and I'll acknowledge for myself, I didn't realize with looting that looting could intensify your fear of being broken into by the police, mm -hmm. right? Not by looters, by yeah. the police. Yeah. Because they're looking for for the things that were looted. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm really sorry for that. Medeja, you named some really painful injustices you've experienced on the South Side, where mm -hmm. you're staying right now. How have you experienced injustice, or have you experienced injustice in your college setting, in your Christian college setting? Yes. <laughs> um, so it's the hardest part about experiencing it like at school is I go to a school that's a, a Christian school and it's like majority white. Um, and it's like a small amount of us that's like minorities. Um, but there have been like plenty of experience like with the students and like racism in general. Um, one thing this girl taught me, um, a friend, and she actually told me last summer um, was the difference between little r and big r hmm. um and it's like little r is like if you think of um a scale think of little r as in like little racist basically so that can be things like i don't know asking about like the hair like it's different between like asking about it, but also like just commenting on it, like real comments. Um, so things like that, the music, you know, uh, repeating like the things we do, like mocking. But then it's like the big R, you know, it's like the big racist, like this one you would think of people like Bull Connor, like in the past, or like Hiller and things like that, you know. Um, so just on the scale to that, it's like it's all racist. And sometimes it's like some people like will experience it and won't even know. It will have to take a friend like to let them know they experiencing it. So that's one thing that stood out at school. Um, but one of the problems is that like when things like that happen, 
um, instead of like the school like bringing it to light and saying like, oh, this one, this something like we should like really start on. It's like, oh, um, let's pray about it and let's lament. And then it's like brushed under the rug, you know? And it's like, no, you want like even justice at school with those things, so yeah. <laughs> Nadeja, what is your experience talking with people who are Christian about race and racism? Yeah, um, it's actually a little bit more challenging than you would think because it's like, I feel like close people to me, some people who like close, you will expect them like to be the first ones to like reach out and just say like, oh, I like, um, standing with you or I'm here for you and instead it's like they go most silent and not just that it's like you just get the reply as in like oh I'm like praying for you but then you thinking like instead of like just praying you will want like to see action you know um like I was actually thinking earlier how this guy was saying like um as Christians like God you should you want to show like shine God's light through you and you want to like just do God's work. And when you say do God's work, it's not just like praying, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like doing something about like the problem you see. Um, like I know people, a lot of people bring up, for instance, like Dr. King and like Malcolm X and like all them, but it's like, they didn't just pray. They did something to make a change. So that's what you will like expect. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Something I really respect about you, Madeja, is that you are using your um, voice in beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you do that is speaking up and, yeah. and combating injustice, dismantling mm -hmm. racism. Yeah. And um, there's a verse in the Bible, Matthew 5, 9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. And when I think of you, I think of you as a peacemaker, that you embody that verse in the really holistic ways. Um, you're a bridge builder. You're willing to work through the pain and the mess, through your pain, and even to not only do that, that would be enough, I mean, that would be huge, but you also are willing to walk alongside other people to helping them understand God's heart for justice. Mm -hmm. um, can you share a little bit about your, the ways that you have responded to justice, um, injustice, the ways that you have built bridges? I'd love to hear more about that experience for you. Yeah, um, bridge builder. Oh, wow. That's what my job was called last summer. But um, I would mainly say just speaking up. And it's like you, when you like share your voice, like for instance, um, it's different than like sharing, like that's the, it's different than like just sharing it one, with one person. And then thinking about like the, the power of like social media, like how fast, like if you say this is wrong and it's like you saying it like to one person, thinking about how fast the message get out to so many people. Usually on social media, you have like hundreds of friends or thousands of friends. Um, so just speaking up, but also, um, just just letting you, your voice be heard. Um, sometimes it can be challenging because it's like you probably wouldn't even know what to say. Um, but, you know, I think you should say whatever's on your heart. And 
if on your heart you saying like this is wrong, you should like just let people know. Um, it's good to like have conversations that challenge you because it's like you're starting to become more open-minded about some things. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And one of the examples, I, a vivid example for me, and I, I did an art piece on this, right? Yeah. Was when you led a, um, a peace march in your yeah. community that you were just enraged and so broken over all the deaths you were seeing in your community. And you're like, I want to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember how old you were, but you were definitely at least in high school. Yeah. Um, and you organized. So tell us a little bit about that experience for you. Yeah, I remember it was in 2016, actually. Um, and I remember that because it was today um, our friend DeMario had passed away. And it's like a week after DeMario's funeral, it's like another friend from school passed away. And then it's like a couple of days after that, like while we was at this girl's funeral, it was like they, no, we was, I was actually at DeMario repass and then I got a text that another like friend passed away. I was like, wow, so many funerals, like within two weeks. Um, it was a lot. I remember them two weeks. Um, and you just get like sick and tired at some point. Um, I was nervous because I actually didn't even know how that peace march would turn out. Um, I like, I was worried, like nobody would show up. I even asked the school, like, can this, can students like come to get like community service hours? And they're like, no. <laughs> um, but my family did show up. A lot of my family show up. Um, a couple of friends did here and there, but we like march and we, um, made signs and the kids was even out there, you know? So it, it feel good to have a voice and know that you are heard, um, yeah, to everyone. <laughs> I remember that experience. We were in Kusanya Cafe. Yeah. We were like gathering, we had the posters and you had your whole <laughs> family out there. Um, and I remember there being a table of police officers that were eating breakfast there, chatting away. And I was just so excited that my Madasia was leading this march. And I was like, surely these police officers will be ecstatic about a, a young youth choosing to gather people for a peaceful way of saying, this is not right and this is not okay. And I went over this, this is Madasia, this is doing this, blah, 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 blah. And there, I remember them being like, okay, well, you can call the cap office if you want to let them know about that. And, and, that was about it and they continued their breakfast and didn't yeah. give a high five to you. I'm like, at least give her a high five. <laughs> um, and just remember that experience, how it was just so odd that here are people who are wanting to, supposed to be protecting, but having a totally different posture yeah. about something that was beautiful, that was unraveling right in front of their eyes. Mm -hmm. um, Medeja, I want to ask you this question. I know you've done really beautiful things over the years in using your voice, but I want to ask you an honest question about how you've seen other people respond to injustice, because not everyone responds to it the way that you have. And I want you to, can you help us understand why other people may respond in different ways? Yeah. Um, I feel like, for example, like the Louis, um, it's, it's like, you got to think about the people who like continuing to build up like so much anger, you know, from like 
past things, especially like it's people who like even in my community, like are starting to learn like more uh, like history and things like that. So it's like you just continue like to build up like so much stuff you learning and then you seeing like your brother or sister like going through this. So it's like everyone is like responding the same way. Um, and then it's, it's, it's just like the protesting, which is good. Um, something Obama said that I watched actually, that was yesterday the day before the like a town town meeting he was saying like um protesting is is what built this country um because like when you continue to protest you continue like to to hear you continue to hear like more voices but also like after the protest is always at least like some change like what happened um and it, it's like if if there was no protesting we wouldn't be where we are today you know um, so seeing people respond that way, um, but then it's some people that's just responding um, as in like, they don't know what to say. Um, and it's like, the main thing you want people to know is like the difference between what's wrong and what's right. And something like this is just like super wrong, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Medeja, on the phone, you shared something about how some of the looting or some of the way that the anger is boiling over yeah. is um, is in some ways related to, like you said, you shared this example of a, a kid having a tantrum. Can you share that with oh, us? Oh, yes. It's like, like, think about, like, for teachers, um, think about a teacher, you know? It's like you have, like, this student which we see it all the time, but you have this student that like, that's like always like in trouble, you know, always like angry, always like just something happening. And it's like them students are the students you like wanna like just love on like so much um, more um, because you obviously can see something wrong. Um, so that thinking about like now, you know, like if you see like these if you see us, I can't say these people because it's I, but if you see like us like just going through so much and you see like everything that's happening and them expressing like the anger, anger us um, of just like being like so, so um, oppressed like for so long, um, you want to like to do whatever you can like to help. Um, it was it's this the verse, the Bible um, verse that was talking about it is like the Luke 15 about like the 99 and the one, you know, um, someone was explaining to me like everybody like going through things, but you going for like that one that needs help at the moment. So that stood out <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I had a, a friend, um, someone in our church actually in a prayer meeting who said that every time one of these things happens, one of someone dies again, yeah. um, a black person dies, it's like the 400 years of history feels like it's relived again yeah. and again. Um, and so it's not just this one thing that happened recently, right? Yeah. But it's years and years of years of unheard cries. Medeja, what do you think um, what do you, how do you wish other non-black people would respond to injustice? Because we all have unique work to do, 
right? We're all called to the movement justice, but the work that each of us does, depending on our racial background especially, impacts what kind of work we do. What kind of work do you wish non-black people would do? Um, I, I just want people, I know I said speak up so many times, but it's like, it's true, you know? Um, just, just sharing with people like, this is not right. Um, so you like want to speak up about it, um, but not just speaking up, but I know it's like at a phase what everyone feel like they have to like learn so much, you know, and not just learning so much, but also like teaching others. Um, so just continue like learning, but also one of the most important things is because I just like love kids. I, I want them to like, let them, let teach your kids, you know, no matter what race you is, teach your kids like about history, because it's like, they are the ones who you would want to be okay in the future, you know? Um, it's like basically the world they growing up in. So you want them to know um, so much so they can be educated and they can like know what to do like during times like these. Um, yeah, but also like thinking about like that black friend you have. I was just actually talking about it too, but like self-care is like super important um, for you, but also like for us, because it's just like, it's, it's draining, you know? Cause it's like you hearing from so many people, um, you getting reached out from so many people, you, especially like me, you might be like the only black friend like this person have. Um, so like just being intentional and aware of like how much you like reaching out to that person. Like, like I see you learning, but also like, I'm like experiencing it and I mm. want you to learn, but also it's like, we both have to play our parts for it to like be able, mm -hmm. <laughs> be able to work. Um, it's, it's a lot, it's, it's draining. Um, but it's like good, you know? Um, there are people who have huge platforms, you know? Um, I, I personally know, I feel like I know a lot of like people like with just big platforms and who just like know so many people. Like for instance, like my school had Mike Pence at the school, you know? Um, like that's the vice president of the United States. Like if you can get him at the school, you can get a message heard to like so many people more than you would think. Mm -hmm. So just using your platforms, like you actually like seeing that now today, actually it's like so many restaurants that I'm seeing through emails and texts saying like, we stand with these people and we stand for justice and we are against racism. So we are gonna do this, you know? So it's like influencing others like, this is the way you need to go. Um, so like, this is not just like about you, but it's about like the world changing, you know? So platforms are like important mm -hmm. to use. Yeah, yeah, using your voice, using your platform, using your resources, yeah. using your passions. There's mm -hmm. so many outlets for us to join the movement of justice. Yeah. This work is tiring. <laughs> you said you need self-care and you want people to be thinking about that too. Mm -hmm. What keeps you going? I know you're a Christian woman. Yeah. And I know your faith is something that's important to you. Yeah. How, what keeps you going? My faith, 
Um, something someone always pointed out to me um, is a verse, the Philippians 4.13 verse. And it's been said to me like so many times, as in, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So just that strength, Christ and strength through it all. Um, even if you do complain, it's like you remind yourself that verse all the time. That's what I've been doing. Um, that's one. Um, my community, because it's like you live it in it and it's like you want to see a change in your community. You know that, you know, um, and it's just like if if I didn't want to see a change, I wouldn't be going like to college, you know, or I wouldn't be like using my voice how I am now. Um, so it's just like wanting to see a change because you get so tired of living in the same like things you live like your whole life. Um, them too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I know that your faith journey is something, I, I mean, I remember when you told me that you were committing your life to Jesus in a way that you had never done before. Yeah. And, and then you started going to a Christian college <laughs> and all these things. So mm -hmm. it's beautiful to see your faith journey and the way God is moving in you and your unique story. Yeah. As we close out, I want to acknowledge something that happened in the news this week is that they released a picture of some of the officers that were um, that were charged later on this week, but mm -hmm. they were a part of telling everyone to go away in the George when George Floyd's murder. Mm -hmm. They're saying there's nothing to see here. And one of those men was an Asian man. Yeah. And I remember seeing that picture and feeling the sting of what that symbolized for the Asian community, how sometimes, a lot of times, the Asian community has been silenced in anti-black racist situations. And that picture just stirred in me something so painful. And so when I just thought about our relationship, it was, it was an example of how God has moved me from a place of silence mm -hmm. to a place of activism. Mm -hmm. And that transformation has been so critical and while this interview isn't about our friendship and it isn't about me, I want to acknowledge that a lot of my, my, my church friends, my family, those who are listening today are not black, but they want to join the movement of justice. And so I just want to ask a vulnerable question for you because there may be people who look like me who are saying, how can me as an Asian person or a non-black person come alongside our black and brother, black brother, black and brown brothers and sisters, and um, so my question is, what stands out about our relationship? Because I know that I can tell you, I can go on for days about how your relationship together, at the same time of living in Englewood and me reading a lot of books and yeah. having lots of conversations behind the scenes. Believe it or not, I didn't ask you all my questions <laughs> as a fifth grade, Madeja, um, but as I was doing all of that, God was doing a deep transformative work in me. And I believe that the call for the in the movement of justice, especially for non-black people in dismantling anti-black racism, is to come alongside and to ask the questions, how can I posture myself in a way that is truly listening and learning, not just paying lip service, yeah. but through our lives. So can I ask that vulnerable question to you and in any case wanting to understand what does friendship look like? What does transformative friendship look like? And what is it about our relationship that has been meaningful for you? Any behaviors that I have done um, in helping you in your 
ability to continue in living your life, which is a, is, is, a, is a protest to yeah. all the things. Yeah. Um, I, besides like race and race, um, just teaching about that in each other's culture, um, I would say mainly um, you listen to me. It's always good. Um, like even, like you can obviously tell if I haven't spoke to you in a while, it's like I'll still come back um, to talk to you about some things. Um, just when you just have someone who's listening to you, um, that just shows like they understand. I mean, not understand, like understand, but they, they here for you basically. Um, and just when you listen so much, you start to like grow like distrust and openness. So it's like you become more open, like sharing like this interview right now, um, just how open I am because I'm like speaking to you. Um, and it's, 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 it's good because <laughs> it's just like, it's, it's, a, it's just a good friendship to have, um, like without even looking at race, just having someone to trust and go to and just to talk to and be open. Someone who like loves you, you can tell they like standing with you. Um, even if they like learning or don't get it, it's like they making an effort to get it, you know, um, the best way they can. So that's always good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I know you're saying on the phone that like you you don't understand everything, but you understand enough. Yeah. And I would say that's been a long journey on my end of doing my own internal work, of doing the internal justice work for me, mm -hmm. of talking with other people. And so I'm just so thankful that you joined us today. And if there are ways that I know you have lots of friends that you're having conversations with, you're an active bridge builder, yeah. you're an active voice, but there, if there are ways that I can contribute, because it's a, it's a journey, right? And we wanna care for you as you're caring for yourself, because yeah. we need you, not just to say all the injustice stuff, but just to be you. Yeah. And that is a beautiful gift in the world. Um, can we, as we close out, I just wanna pray for you as a blessing, okay. as a way of thanking you for yeah being a part of my church community today and just being the beautiful woman that God has created you to be. Dear God, I thank you so much for my sister, Medesia, and I thank you for the ways that you have woven her into your story of shalom and redemption in this world. We thank you, God, that her voice is a voice that you have crafted in a, such a unique way and I pray that as she speaks and, and the moments when she's just quiet and taking a nap because she is tired, Lord, I pray whether she is resting, whether she is speaking, whether she is standing or she is sitting, would you just surround her, O oh God, with your presence and let her know that you are truly with her, that she is never alone, whether she is at home whether she is at school, whether she is on the street, whether she is with friends, God, that you are with her and that you stand with her, that you don't just stand with her with your nice fluffy words, but that you stand with her unto death, that Jesus, your death on the cross was not just so that she could have a nice song to sing and say that she's a Christian, but that you, Jesus, your cross represents something that is so deep and pro so profound, and it is real. 
And so God, a God who knows death and a God who knows life, would you just surround her and um, encourage her for the journey ahead. We thank you so much for her words of truth and grace today. We pray that we would be able to model a life of justice in the ways that she has modeled so bravely today. We thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Mm -hmm.